Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And books are sexy. How do we even start this thing? I don't remember how to start a regular... <laughs> Hi, Amanda. What are we drinking today? Oh, thanks for asking. Well, Rachel Wang got us lukewarm champagne. Thanks, Rachel. You know, we've been busy with other things. We're getting ready for the awesome lukewarm, holidays. Just like your personality. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, back to our lukewarm champagne. It's from the Vouvray region of France. And cool. we are drinking Pétillon. We learned how to pronounce that. Pétillon, it means slightly <laughs> bubbling from Vouvray. Oh, only a slight bubble. Okay. We'll find out. We'll let you know. We'll measure its slightness and tell you. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a good release. It's from the house of Huey. Huet. H-U-E-T. Silent T, as they do in France. As the French are wont to do. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of bubbles. This isn't or a slightly as, bubble. Or as the Ah, oh rachel made a funny (laughs) this smells good all right don't pour me too much i have to go pick my kids up from school (laughs) all right ellen tell me what you're reading this week thanks for asking amanda i'm reaching i'm reaching uh i am reading tom lake by ann patchett welcome it's so good do you think it's her best it's what I've enjoyed so most. So I have not, I didn't read um, These Precious Days, a collection of essays, even though I want to. It's like on my TBR. The last novel I read by Ann Patchett was The Dutch House, mm-hmm. and that came out several years ago now. So, and I've read Bel Canto, and I've read State of Wonder, mm-hmm. but it's been a while since I've read those. I will say I'm thoroughly enjoying Tom Lake. I don't I know think- if it's if it's the best one. But I'm not saying it isn't. I'm feeling the most connection to this work. I will say that I am very wowed by her ability to write something meaningful and captivating both in fiction and nonfiction. Essays, memoir, fiction. She does it all and does it well. And she's a little bit like our friend Barbara Kingsolver in that in her fiction, I feel like every book is about something totally different. Yes, and so I'm not getting like the same formula from her every it's time. It's always a surprise and it's a discovery. Um, I love the story behind the cover though. It's a work of art where the title is, is actually a blank place on this painting. And I feel like it's in a museum in England or France. She saw the work of art. She said, that's the cover of my book. I don't think she'd fully written it yet. And she made it happen because she's Ann Patchett. <laughs> I want Ann Patchett powers. Mm-hmm. But the here's the premise of the book. It's COVID times. No one cares about that. But it, that is what's happening. And um, our main character, Laura, is in her mid-50s. And she owns a cherry orchard and some other fruits, but mainly cherry, mm-hmm. in northern Michigan with her husband and they have three daughters who are all in their early to mid twenties and they're all home because it's COVID Mm -hmm. and they are in cherry picking season. And to pass the time, she's telling her daughters the story 
not so much of her she's giving them the edited life story but the reason they're so interested is they know that in her youth she had a romantic dalliance with one peter duke who is a famous oscar award-winning actor right and one summer they starred together in a production of our town um, at a very prestigious theater called tom lake um, you do such a good synopsis. I love that you, you remember character names. You, you hit it right on the head. And so they are super interested in like her, this relationship. And she's like, I'm just going to like start from the beginning. So she starts quite a bit before she meets Peter mm-hmm. Duke. And she's telling them the story of her life. And as she's tell, sharing us with us, the readers, the things she's leaving out, like she's leaving out all like the sex, drugs and rock and roll, mm-hmm. even though that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it is about like the way children view their parents Amen. as like not fully formed yeah. people, you know, or who or people who had a past and a life and mm-hmm. before them. We're more monuments that yeah. they gaze upon. We're not active. But I mean, we probably, we do that to our own parents too. And, I, right. and our children do it to us. And that is the way of the world. But um, it is, it's just so good. And each of the daughters kind of has like her own, her own thing. They're trying to figure out themselves. And by their mother more fully revealing themselves, she's able to demonstrate the highs, the lows, the figuring it out. Yeah. And the time period of her life that she's talking to them about is really the their age, age that they are. Mm-hmm. And so they're discovering her in a different way. Uh, and also there's this question of the farm, you know, and like what's going to happen to the orchard. Mm-hmm. The world is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, only one daughter is really interested in making the, the orchard her life's work. Um, but will it last beyond that generation? Mm-hmm. They don't know. I would say that this was one of my favorite reads of the year. I, I put will it- put it in mine too and I'm not mm-hmm. done with it yet. Yeah. And I was very impressed by Anne's ability to write the role of mother so well, having not been a mother herself. I think this is like her great talent as a writer is masterfully creating characters that are so true and relatable. She's very talented. And it's like, and she does this part like without being corny about it or like uh, oversimplifying it. But the daughters, like, can't grasp, like, why, like, their mother apparently had a ton of potential, right? Like, Laura could have been uh, a stage, she she could have been on Broadway. Like, she was a super talented actress. Um, She was in a movie and some commercials and things like that. And she's now the wife of a cherry farmer, and that's what she does. And, you know, they're kind of, like, farmers, broke a lot of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And they can't get their head around the fact that she chose that life mm-hmm. over the one that they think would be so glamorous. Mm-hmm. It is and both she keeps, complicated and easy. Yeah, and she keeps saying to them, like, this is where I want to be. This mm-hmm. is the life I want to mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, they can't understand why she would have wanted that over But the story else. reveals. The story shall reveal. Cool. What are you reading? I'm reading a mystery, our favorite kind, a smart, literary, self-aware murder mystery by Benjamin Stevenson. Oh, we love Benji. We discovered him. We, guys, we discovered him. We were there first. It was one of our subscription picks early in the year. Um, I'm so excited he's back with another, basically, in a year turnaround. His first was, everyone in my family has killed someone. Benjamin 
writes the novel as if he is the main character, Ernest, whose family all and like half his family ends up getting killed on a mountainside, a ski slope. Um, and each of his family members has in some way been involved in a murder, including himself. So, yeah, the new one is everyone on a train. This train is a suspect. So Ernest, the character, is back writing. Hey, Ernie. Hi, Ernie. He is reveling in the moderate success of his first-person memoir about the murders on the mountain in which his family was all involved. <laughs> he is with... This the, is getting super meta. Yeah, Go on. It is so meta. Um, because it talks about all the traditions of the genre, the great writers, the mm-hmm. ins and outs of publishing, the value of a good blurb. It's so much fun. He is with the owner of that mountainside ski slope, Juliet. They're together now. She also wrote oh, a book. Spoiler alert. On what happened is from the beginning. Don't worry. And um, they were <laughs> invited on a train ride across Australia. And Benjamin, our author, the actual author, is an Australian. Um, the audiobook is done in a wonderful Australian accent, which I cannot mimic. I have no talent for accents. Try it. Nope. Just can't. say the title. I can't. I don't know how to do it. Everyone. No, can't do it. My daughter. One word of the title. No, my daughter Charlotte can do a perfect Australian accent. I'll invite her on to do it sometime. She can do the whole interview. When we interview our children of that age, they can do it in accent. Um, Although that might be appropriation. But we're acting. Um, Anyway, so they're on this cross-country Australian train ride in which the Guild of Mystery Riders in Australia, the the shining stars, have been invited. Someone who is like the great of the genre, someone who's the literary wonder of the genre, someone who writes a really cheesy one, like series. Does someone die on this train? They do. (laughs) Shit. So you know that the reason why Ernest is writing this book is because he's supposed to be writing a fictional murder mystery. He got a he got a deal for his second book, but it had to be fiction to him. Yeah, and he has not written a word of it, and it's a secret from his publisher and publicist. And then shit starts to go down, and now he has a book. So that's as far as I am. The first murder has happened. He is so transparent about like, you will know. You will have been introduced to all the characters. He's playing by all the rules. You will have been introduced to all the characters, suspects, and involved people by 10,000 words. And you (laughs) will hear the murderer's name 106 times by the end of this book. So it's a very fun book in which you are brought into the makings of a murder mystery. It's so much fun. It's so snarky. It's such good writing on the cliche behaviors of humans. I loved his first book and I have this ARC. Yeah. Advanced reader copy at home. You will love it. I'm also known as an arc. This is funnier. Not to be confused with like the biblical arc because that is a K and we're talking about a C. Yeah. And also it's a book, not a boat. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the insider world of book selling. You, you just like learned arcs. something. You just yeah. learned something. An arc is an advanced reader's copy. An ALC is an advanced listening copy. Oh, a DRC shit. is a shit. digital reading copy. We have all of them. I have a lot of dirks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate dirks. <laughs> Give me your dirks. 
All right. Okay, so Amanda, we're talking about a really important subject today yep. that I think will resonate with some of our listeners. Yes. Okay. It, it, we're going to talk about introverting. Right. Being introverts. Contrary to what it may seem like on this podcast. We are introverted AF. We are so introverted. So introverted. We're going to talk about that. But here's what started this. I have a sweatshirt that has my Myers-Briggs personality type on it. INFJ. We'll expound in a moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wore it to work a few weeks ago. And Amy was working. And she was like, what does that mean? I was like, well, let me tell you. And so then she took the Myers Briggs. She has the same personality type that I do, an INFJ. And then everyone else who was working took it too. So we were all kind of invested in the Myers Briggs. Uh, if you don't know what the Myers Briggs is, I don't know where you have been, okay? But it's a personality test that sorts you into one of 16 personality types. And you also may not know this, but Myers and Briggs were a couple of chicks. Really? It was a mom and a daughter. That's yes. so cool. Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers. And they were inspired by the work of Carl Jung. So Catherine, like, read one of his books and thought it was super interesting. And she especially thought uh, the concept of introversion was interesting. And it resonated with her. And so she typed herself, but she felt like the general amateurs like ourselves would not be able to make sense of the Carl Jung, you know, philosophy of different psychological types. Right. And so she kind of came up with her own way of organizing those types. Mm -hmm. And that is what became the Myers-Briggs type indicator. So if you are not familiar with the Myers-Briggs, there's sort of like four personality types that you're trying to land on that okay. over together make your is your personality type okay so you are either the first one is extroversion or introversion so when you take the myers-briggs it will label you as an extrovert or an introvert okay now the question is do you prefer to focus on the outer world that would make you an extrovert or are you do you prefer to focus on your inner world which would make you an introvert Okay, then the second, so you're either an I or an E. Mm -hmm. You're an introvert or an extrovert. I feel like I know no E's. And that's kind of the point of this. The second that is sensing or intuition. So an S or an N. And the question for consideration here is do you prefer to focus on the facts or are you like a big picture type of person? Like do you get into the nitty gritty or are you like an overall type of thinker? Mm -hmm. Do you know what you are? I'm an S based on... This is where we differ. I am an N. So that means you're looking at the big picture and I'm in the nitty gritty? Yeah. Or vice versa? Yeah. Okay. So you identify with that. I hate the big picture. Yeah. I got to do first things first. Yep. Like one thing at a time. Okay. Yeah. And then next you are a T or an F, thinking or feeling. And We're the question Fs. here is, <laughs> we are, do you prefer to take an objective or empathetic approach for making decisions? Yeah, Austin's totally a T, my husband. Now, keep in mind, on all of these, like, it's a spectrum. Yeah. You're not, like, 100%, like, you know, one or the other. Yeah. You fall somewhere in there. So if you are, you know, a feeler, that doesn't mean that you are an irrational person who doesn't consider. We're so like, rational. We just have we're feelings. We're so <laughs> rational. Oh, my God. We are so rational. 
Okay. And then the next thing is you're a J or a P judging or perceiving. We're Js. This is not judging in like the asshole sense. Though we that could be true of us, but in Sometimes. this case, it's not that. Um, it's do you prefer to seek closure on things or do you stay open to new information? Oh, I'm not I've, good at staying open. I'm very much a so you're a J then. Yep, I'm a J. I'm a P. I've I live very much in the gray areas of things. I thought you were an INFJ. I'm an oh yeah, I'm an INFJ. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're switching. I guess I then. prefer to seek closure. <laughs> <laughs> This is why you take this to better understand yourself. But every time I take it, I get an INFJ. Yep. Okay. So I guess I seek closure. That is strange to me, though, because I am definitely like a, I don't know. I don't feel like I know a lot. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) But. I mean, I'm like, I can't commit to a religion, for example, because I don't feel like I have the capability of knowing what I would need to know. Yeah, that's too much commitment. Well, I just, I don't think I have, I mean. I'm like, who am I to know what yeah. the meaning of the world mm-hmm. is? Like, mm-hmm. I can't fucking know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are definitely eyes. We line up there. Yes. We are introverts. Okay. So introversion and extroversion can be thought of in terms of how you get your energy. So there is this really good book that I read years ago, and we have it in the store. It's called Quiet mm-hmm. by Susan Cain. And that book is largely an argument about how the world is really kind of set up for extroverts. Like when you think about, for example, in the workplace, like open concept work office spaces and things like that. Like, fuck no. I do all my best work in my room by myself at night. Yes. And so um, she really, in her book, she lays out, and this was the first time I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Because I used to always think being an introvert had to do with like, your comfort with being around other people and actually has very little to do with that. Most shy people are introverts, but not all introverts are shy. Mm-hmm. You are not shy. I have no shyness. I am. I have gotten much better with age, but I was very, very shy until young adulthood, like painfully shy. Wouldn't raise my hand in class. Yeah. Shy. I didn't think about that. You know, but she says that if you are like, imagine that you're, you know, it's, it's a, like a Friday evening, it's the end of the week, and your, like, battery is depleted. Like, yep. you just, you don't have a lot of bandwidth. How do you recharge? Do you recharge by, like, getting together with people, being around people? Mm-hmm. Or do you recharge by, like, being alone? I relate so hard to the go to my cave and hide. That is my core instinct when challenged, is go to my cave and hide. I want no one to find me. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy hanging out with people Mm -hmm. and I do like socializing but it's not something that like gives me energy or like you know gets me ready for like the next day I'm recharged ready to go so I think I'm a weird anomaly and I've always felt very seen by you that you're able to see my introversion because the way most people perceive perceive me is not being introverted they see me as extroverted but you know my secret introversion And I would say the energy statement is where it's really at. I'm very good at performing extroversion and I can enjoy it. But when I'm done, I'm tired and I want to go to sleep. So like I love Saturdays at the store. 
I love talking to people about books and making recommendations. It's talk, talk, talk the whole time. It's not about catching up on emails. It's so much fun. But then when I'm done, I have to go to my cave and hide. Same. I'm also like very good at performing extroversion. And I actually, I do genuinely like talking to people. I enjoy that part of the job too. But yeah, I, I have a profound need for alone time. That go I, that goes back as long as I can remember, yeah. Like, and I have recently more identified that instinct to go find alone time, and I I can see it better, a better understanding of myself. Oh, I'm I need to do this right now, or else I'm going to suck for everyone. Right, and I have to like explain to my family too, like, okay, and now I'm tapping out. Like, this I ha- I have to love you. I have see you to later. Like there was a night like last week, which I kind of pissed Tyler off, but then he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I got mad because I, I go to bed well before he does. Like I go to sleep hours before he does. Cause he's a crazy night owl. He's a night owl. Um, but I, when I go to bed, like that is my alone time mm-hmm. of the day. Like I could be like watching TV or something, but no one's watching with me, but I got kids in and out and eating things. You know, mm-hmm. I was like. Go to bed and read is my alone time Mm -hmm. every night. Well, he's on the bed and he's, you know, playing a game on his phone and I get into bed and I start reading. I'm like, can't fucking concentrate. I'm like, this motherfucker. (laughs) So I just turned and looked at him and I was like, I'm going to bed now. (laughs) He's like, you want me to leave? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Love you, see you. (laughs) hurt his feelings. But then, you know, but then the next day we talked about it. He recognizes, like, I'm not, it's not that I don't like being around you. I just like. You have to fill the tank. I have to have that time. You just have to have it. Yep. And sorry, go play your game somewhere else. Yeah, so annoying. And I'm like, okay, if I went down in your like miniature orc painting room and just like sat next to you and scrolled on my phone, you wouldn't like that either. Yeah. (laughs) Invasion. Invasion of privacy. Um, Okay, so I found this interesting definition on the Wikipedia that I think is funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Extroverts seek excitement and social activity in an effort to raise their naturally low arousal level, whereas introverts tend to avoid social situations in an effort to avoid raising their naturally high arousal level. Which, like, to the average person who's not thinking about this, it seems weird. An introvert is highly aroused. It seems counterintuitive. But it's like, we're already at a high level. We can only take so much and so if you get extra stimulation or your sensory processing gets overloaded by the world and the sounds and the talking and the activity, like you just got to shut down. You're already at a high level. I feel overstimulated a lot of the time. Same. <laughs> Especially at home with my children. I know. <laughs> Last night it's, I was feeding the boys supper and they like would not stop talking. And I was like, you guys, just stop talking for yeah. one minute, please. <laughs> Love you, but <laughs> and shut they, up. They were doing like this little bickering thing, but uh-huh. it didn't rise to the level Mm-mm. of it was just like this constant back and forth. And I was like, literally, the tone of their voices right now is like it's too much. That's for me. me in the car <laughs> when it's my whole family. I cannot. No matter what, it will be too much. It's like I love you, but oh my god, be quiet. Okay. Um. So we're introverts. Rachel, are you an introvert? that I was on the borderline so then they because um, I have like actual trained people or whatever break it down and I'm an INFP you are an INFP but you border on extroversion mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I could see that. I would not have I wouldn't have been able to easily guess whether Rachel was an extrovert or an introvert. Um my yeah, my T and F and my J and P I think were pretty even too. My T and F were, but I was like, I don't know how that's possible because I'm very much a feeler. I'm an I S F J. Pretty sure that's what mine was. Of course, you know. One time additive, sensing. You said FJ? Yep. Feeling. Feeling. Judging. judging. (laughs) Got a lot going on. Apparently, though, a lot of readers are INFJs because I found my INFJ sweatshirt and there was only INFJ. There wasn't the other personality types. Right. On like Inkwell threads or some some literary thing. That's what's kind of cool about a physical bookstore is the type of hobby reading is or the type of lifestyle that reading is draws all the introverts together and lets us feel the company in our introversion. (laughs) Like we don't demand too much of each other. You know, an introvert and a reader when you see one, it's like this vibe, this aura that you get from people. And so in our bookstore, we've drawn all these introverted people together, both on our staff and in our customer base. And it's just really lovely. I just read a picture book this morning. It's our puppy pack subscription. Uh, I won't reveal the title, but for December, um, about... There's a lot of crossover of puppy pack readers. There's so much to be said about... You know, knowing who you are and finding the people who let you be that and give you company in that. And so I love our community of introverts. Um, there, I, you know, reading is not the only habit associated with introversion. We have so many people on staff who have all these odd habits, like your husband paints orcs. That's probably an introverted <laughs> activity. I think things that are, that you do alone puzzling are are attractive to introverts puzzling can be done with friends but it's very introverted way of engaging with friends my friends will tell you that (laughs) i like the pressure of like the eye contact is on the puzzles and you (laughs) just keep going until you're done you have a job to do nobody has to tell you how to behave in that social setting if you're working on a puzzle together i love it but you are i don't because i don't like how people do it Um, um we have knitting crocheting fiber types of activities pottery i just learned how to quilt and like still lego yeah so i do lego sets now i always get them for special occasions i'm trying to decide what i want for christmas Mm -hmm. but when i was a kid and this was like all through high school not Mm -hmm. like a little kid (laughs) i had a big tub of lego underneath my bed Mm -hmm. and i had a bulletin board that also slid underneath my bed that I had covered in like the Lego, you know, like bases. Yeah. And I, that's what I would like do in a lot of my free time is I would like sit on the floor and I listen to, you know, 90s music. Yeah. And I would build things out of Lego. Yeah. All the time. I constantly had something going. You have seen behind the curtain. I had little, little Lego neighborhoods and. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> And, you know, when my kids leave my house, I would love to have a room that was just my Lego room. Mm-hmm. So. Where no one can mess with it and ruin it. Yeah, don't touch it. Oh, my it. God. Have you seen the Lego movie? I'm the You're totally Ferrell. the dad. I'm don't touch that. <laughs> oh, no. The Kraken. <laughs> I am sort of that. I am about some. There are certain sets where they are not allowed to touch them and they're displayed. But other ones, I do let them, like, take and play with or mm-hmm. wreck. It mm-hmm. just depends. Oh, you're sweet, Ellen. 
So you can take the Myers-Briggs on the website 16personalities.com. We would be really curious to know if any of our followers are E's. I really want to know. E's, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Where are you at? I'm like, <laughs> I just, I've said this, like we, we've drawn these like personalities together in our bookstore. A lot Although of us I, have, would, I don't think everyone on staff is an introvert. I think there are definitely a couple extroverts in there. I would guess. Can introverts and extroverts be married? Oh, yeah. I'm so curious what Austin is because, like, I don't identify with any of his impulses for how to spend (laughs) time. Like, I'm like, are you an extrovert? Like, did that happen? I don't know who I married. Well, I'm definitely the feeling one and he's the objective one. (laughs) I always tell the kids if we had two of me, we'd be in big trouble. (laughs) Well, if you had two of him, you'd be in big trouble, too. You need both. They would have a very unfeeling life. (laughs) Well, on that note, we do want to know what you are. So go, it's free on that website, right? It's not like the real Myers-Briggs, but it's the same thing. Okay. Tell us what you are. Tell us what you are and we'll bond. What's popping this week, Ellen? Well, Amanda, we have a couple of things coming out in hardcover. I'm excited for this first one yeah, on your you list. To talk about the first one. Have you read it? Or you I haven't. Have it's on my to listen list. I use Libra FM to listen to books that are fresh. Your ALC. My I, might, I think I might have the Dirk of this. Yeah. I'm going to listen to the Elk of this. <laughs> the Other Half by Charlotte Vassell. This is a debut book. And I love the premise of this because like, you know, like you were talking about with Benjamin Stevenson, we love those sort of fun mysteries. So this one is about this detective, Caius Beauchamp, and he is That's jogging. A name. Yeah, he's jogging. One, you have to give your detective a good name. Anyway, he's jogging one morning, and he, what do you think he finds? He finds a fucking body. Amanda. I know. Okay. No. Apparently, this is in downtown Des Moines. This guy was walking on his way to work, thought there was like just some trash, so he touched it. Turns out it was a dead body wrapped in duct tape in a blanket. Okay, too close, (laughs) too close to home. Go to KCCI for more information. Yeah. Um, So Caius is jogging, he finds a body. Oh shit, there was a party the night before. This is a lot of wealthy people, okay? This is like the other half. That's where Mm -hmm. the title comes from Mm -hmm. the wealthiest people. And this person is dead. And she is, I think, an like an Instagram influencer. And there's a lot of questions about who would have killed her and why. She's got this um, boyfriend who's possibly a sociopath. He has a very wealthy godmother who doesn't like her. Um, she's having an affair with somebody. So there's all sorts of possibilities. It's kind of like Real Housewives. In murder mystery. Like if the real housewives, one of them ended up dead, this would be the level of drama associated with the murder. I'm into it. I'm into it. The next one also sounds kind of interesting. This is fiction, but it's Mm -hmm. called A True Account. (laughs) A True Account, Hannah Masary's Sojourn Amongst the Pirates, written by herself. I love that pirates is spelled with a Y. (laughs) Yes. That's very authentic. (laughs) By Catherine Howe. So... This is in Boston. I don't know, like, what year it was. Probably, like, what, 1400s, 1500s, something like that. Pirates and shit, okay? A long yeah. time ago. Well, I think, like, 1492, you know, Columbus sailed the ocean. Blue. Oh, so it must point. be the 1500s. Okay, you know what? That is really good deductive reasoning. I know. And you know your history. <laughs> 
But what didn't I know recently? That was so embarrassing. Oh, Mamie Eisenhower is born in Boone. Yeah, there's a house there. Didn't know that. On Mamie Eisenhower Drive. Learn something new every day. I just saw we were naming it after a president's wife. No, the house is there. You can see it. Okay. It's right by the high school. Like I said, learn something new every day. You learn something new. Okay. Um, it's all Boone is also the home of um Jamie Aaron Kelly, who is a former Elvis impersonator, now um Edward uh Cullen. Cullen impersonator. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of famous people from Boone. I know. Okay. So <clears throat> anyway, this true account of piracy in maybe the fifteen hundreds. We don't know. Fifteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, anyone's guess. Okay. Boston. And Hannah has been working at this inn near the shore for a long time. And when a pirate is hanged in their town, a bunch of shit happens. And she ends up disguising herself as a cabin boy um, on, a notor- in an, on a notorious pirate ship. This feels like adult fan fiction of the True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle. Oh, my God. I totally read that We book. read that book. That was probably like a book fair pickup in elementary school fuck yeah it was thank you for sharing my experience check that out middle grade fiction <laughs> girl living as a pirate Mm-mm, but acting like she's not okay part of the story is hannah who is on this pirate ship mm-hmm. and it's like being a pirate and being a part of this crew is like her really her only chance at like dictating her own life in any sort of way mm-hmm. Fast forward, the other story is in the 1930s, and there's this professor named Marion Beresford who is working on, like, studying the life of Hannah and the mystery of what became of her. I love the slow reveal and connection of stories. Yes, and it's the 1930s, so it's not like women's rights have gotten very far. So you're kind of, like, you know, juxtaposing both of their stories set hundreds of years apart and maybe some of the challenges that they're both facing. Cool. Well, in kids, we have Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief coming out in graphic novel format. Everybody <laughs> loves Percy Jackson. If you don't know what this is about, we're not going to tell you because no. it's out for a long time. You should already know. Yeah, but Basically, if you have a kid who wants Greek mythology. dad is Poseidon, okay? Yeah. And if that's a spoiler for you, too bad. <laughs> I love it because it is such a gender-inclusive kind of series that oh, has yeah. something for everyone, and it brings people into a type of fiction that this retelling, this reimagining that can create lifelong readers who seek this experience. So, and I might argue that Percy Jackson is sort of the forerunner of like your songs of Achilles. Oh, they totally of this. Re- Those readers grew up, and somebody had to fill the void for them. Exactly. So, good job, Rick Royden. I'm sure you have like five houses. And are living a really good life. And people were so thrilled when the newest in the series came out in which Percy goes to college. So lots Shout to look forward to. the gods. Yeah. All right. The next one is a graphic novel, Ink Girls, by Marique Nykemp. And this one is about an 11-year-old girl named Chinsia, who is the apprentice to a printer. Chinsia is disabled. And she loves being the apprentice. But when the... The person that she's working with publishes stories that is critical um, of leadership in mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. She gets taken away. And wow. And Chinsia has to figure out, you know, like. How to carry on. Yeah. And then there's another girl, same age, Elena. And she's like sort of locked up in her house because her family perceives that she might be a threat to um, to them. They really want her to like marry into a noble family. Mm-hmm. And they're 
protecting her from everything that they think could corrupt their chances of that. And <clears throat> Elena is um, neurodivergent. And these two girls come together and they help each other through these difficult situations. I think, so Marie Nykemp is a really good author. She's written a lot in young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is going to be a really good one. Is the cover's this, neat too. This, is this a um, middle grade chapter book? Or it's a graphic, it's a graphic novel. novel. Yep. This sounds like a really <laughs> complex, awesome story to tell in graphic novel format. Because the cover is amazing. The artwork yeah, is so the cool. The cover is really cool. All right, what's popping in the store? Oh my God, so fortuitous. So fortuitous. So tonight. So fortuitous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's another side story about introverted readers. The way you learn to say something (laughs) is how you think it, like it's the phonetics of how it's spelled. You never heard it spoken out loud. So for, uh, so fortuitous. Um, we have tonight. Fortuitous is right. I know. <laughs> okay, I know. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm playing the game. <laughs> okay, okay. You're playing the game. Just making sure. You can't, you can't just making sure. No. I know. I know. Tonight, November 21st at 5.30, Thrills and Chills is discussing Benjamin Stevens' debut book, Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone. I think they love it. They have I've to. heard. I've heard uh, members of the book club talking about it. Yeah, and I would say that if you read this book and you like it, not only should you check out the sequel, but you should also read West Heart Kill. Amen. Because it's doing a lot of similar things. And my husband just read The Clementine Complex. Mm. Also a funny, quirky mystery. Murder. Murder mystery. Okay. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Wednesday, November 22nd, Lovey and I will be uh, doing story time. So join us for that. I'm planning a really fun activity this week for the house with a hundred stories. We got these really cool activity sheets from the publisher that I'm going to share with those who join us. On Sunday, the 26th at 2 p.m. Oh, you know what? We have to, (laughs) we forgot something. Okay. Back up. Saturday is what? Small business Saturday. Small business Saturday, motherfuckers. To show up. Show us how much you love us so that we can show you how much we love you. Yeah, show us some love. If you spend $100, we will give you a free Dog-Eared Books pint glass or Dog-Eared Books mug. If you spend $200 or more, you get a Dog-Eared Books beanie. beanie. So that you can look really cool. The hat, not the the animal. No, not a beanie boo. And for those of you who listen, you got the advanced heads up. We are dropping a new piece of merch, a super cool sweatshirt depicting the best view in the store, loving in her chair underneath the neon, depicted by a local artist in front of the store. We'll have a new sweatshirt on Small Business Saturday, and we'll be dropping handmade pottery made by bookseller Bailey. Damn, you better be there. Really, really, it'd be FOMO for you. Major FOMO. Major FOMO. Okay. Sunday, the 26th, 2 o'clock, it's Russian Lit with Jack. We'll be discussing Loris by Eugene Vadeliskin. Nice pronunciation. I think it's right, but I'm not sure. And then on Monday, the 27th, at 5, Women from Other Worlds will be discussing The Phoenix King by Aparna Verma. Also that night at 7 p.m., tell us about Raleigh Link's new book. So Raleigh Link is a local guy, um, a retired police officer, and he has a a series called the GMB Detective Series that he publishes himself. They do really well in our store. 
Raleigh's like the nicest guy you could ever meet. We love him. He's been a friend of the store for a long time. And he is releasing his first standalone uh, sort of mystery. His books are more like kind of like a fun romp. I mean, they're like sort of a mystery, sort of not. And it's called The Hearse. Dark. And we're doing a little launch for Raleigh on Monday, the 27th at 7 o'clock. Okay. Keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Oh, my God. I need a nap now. Way to carry that, Ellen. <laughs> Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great! <laughs>